Hello and welcome to the Albion Social, your number one podcast for all things West Bromwich Albion. My name is Brad, otherwise known as At Albion Insights, and today I'm with my home co-host Alf from At The Baggies Bible. So today we've got two games we need to cover, one from Coventry, Coventry away, and also Hull uh, at home on Saturday. So Alf, just to begin with, do you want to give me your initial thoughts on how we played at Coventry, our tactical setup, and how you think we did in the game? Yeah, um... I was happy with the result. Very happy with the result. Uh, two wins from three away games now. Um, you can block out the the one in the middle for me personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised to be honest uh, tactically uh, with our setup in the first half. Um, it was really narrow, um, and yeah, we. I mean, we we started well. I thought really well. I was really, really impressed with how we started. We was all over them. We had a good few crosses going into the box. But then I feel like we got the goal and we kind of retreated into our, our you know, our formation. And it was a like five three one one almost. Yeah. And it, I don't think it gave us much license to get out at all. I mean, it was I mean, it was about 20, 25 minutes of Coventry trying to get some kind of opening and then us clearing it and just their centre-halves kind of um, getting the ball straight back. So it was a weird tactical um, flutter for me. And then the second half, I thought, I think you saw what what Carlos wanted to do a bit more with Chalaba knocking about on the right side rather mm. than it being like a midfield three. It became more of what we're used to with that uh, three-five-two. Um Three four three, sorry, and uh, I think it, it worked well from then, personally. Yeah, I think I, I was really impressed with how we set up and how we started to run for the first like fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. We obviously um, had the goal as well in the first uh, seventeen type of minutes. So I think after we got the goal, we, we we did lack intensity. We did drop off, and I, I think we all had the feeling in the stadium that you could sort of feel the atmosphere drop off a little bit. That yeah. we were yeah. just waiting to get to half time. And I think we had that feeling where if we get to half time, we, we can get the three points here, but we can come back out, we can start again. And we did at the start of the second half. I think if you're looking at the stats and stuff, then Coventry, we did let them have more of the ball in the second half and they, they did have more possession, stuff like that. But they didn't really threaten in the second half, I wouldn't say. that We, we did ward our look at times with some of the decisions, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But I think overall, we, we did deserve to win and we've done enough to, to win as well. Yeah, I think you can uh, you can safely say it's a professional away victory, and I mean, I think you gotta have a bit of hindsight, a bit of perspective when you uh, you get wins like this. Um, we couldn't buy a win away from home. Um, you know what was it since April before we played Preston? Yeah, we hadn't won at all. Forget about professional, you know, amazing wins, blah blah, loads of goals. We couldn't win a game. So, this is these kind of results are massive um, in the short term and the long term. This is these results are how you win, win, win leagues. I don't think we're going to win the league, but <laughs> this these kind of results are what carry you through and keep you in those conversations for me. 
Exactly, and I think that that's what our fan base sort of forgets sometimes, that not every game is going to be really pretty football, a lot of fluent and fast-paced 4-0 victories, but as long as we're picking up these type of wins and the same wins in the past couple of weeks as well, these 1-0, 2-0s, very professional performances, this, this is what's going to drag us up the table and keep us up there as well, if we can maintain this type of form. Yeah, definitely. So, and, uh, that, that's, now, that's now only one loss in our last nine with seven clean sheets compared to the start yeah. of the season prior to Huddersfield where there's zero clean sheets. We've won four of the last six. So we're now sitting sit in fifth place, sitting pretty in fifth in fifth place. So I don't see what there is to still moan about. And I still see people moaning about it on Twitter and moaning behind me in the stadium. And I, I don't really understand hmm. the, the Albion boo boys still and the, the Carlos sort of boo boys. No, I mean, it's... <sighs> I mean, I've I've had my, uh, you know, I've had my things to say about Carlos and his tactics and his subs. Nothing. I've I've never been overly critical. I, I, I kind of try and, you know, keep him accountable as such. Not that he's listening to me. Do you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I think when you know you you bring up those stats, and I mean, I think the big one is you know the clean sheets, as is. You, that's that's what gets you places for me. Start yeah. strong at the back, and uh, yeah, I can't, I can't fathom how you can be unhappy with anything that's going on. I can't fathom how you can, you know, slander the, any of the players, uh, the manager at the moment. Um, it's going really well. Uh, let's just enjoy, enjoy it. You know what I mean? Um, it might with the fixtures coming up, it could exactly. very easily go go a bit downhill. So. Let's uh, take it for what it is, I say. Mm. I think the only criticism, I'd, well, not criticism, but now what I'd have to say is that we did, we did sit a bit too deep against Coventry at times, especially at the end of the second half and towards maybe like the middle of the second half, start end of the first half, middle of the second half, sorry. Um, I think we just allowed too much pressure when Coventry didn't really warrant to have the ball. We could have got out a, a little bit faster and I think it was a little bit too slow-paced. But in general, I think we were quicker at moving the ball around our centre-halves. We were quicker at switching the play. A lot more cross coming to the box, as you said earlier as well. And in general, I was happy with the performance. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think you can, you know, you say about uh, boo boys and stuff. I think you can still have, you know, critiques of matches and formations and tactics. It's not like, I think a lot of people kind of see you say, we we should have done this or... You know, we, like like you say, with we're sitting back too much, maybe, and people kind of go, "Ah, oh, well, you, you you want Carlos out then?" And you're like, "Well, yeah. no, but it's just I'm just saying what I'm seeing here." And I agree with you. I think the uh, like I said earlier, I think the first half, I think I really think it was a tale of you know, it was really fifty fifty, um, where the first ten fifteen minutes up until the goal, I was really impressed with us and. Yeah, it just we rolled our luck in the first half uh, with a couple of chances they had, yeah. uh, different striker um, for Coventry. I think you could be looking at a very different game, to be honest. I mean, I, I was speaking to a few fans, Coventry fans, before and after the game as well, and I said to them, like, if if, if that was Jokeres up top, it's it, it's oh. maybe to two one, two two, three nil to Coventry in the first half. <laughs> I yeah. think. If you look at the likes of uh, Hadji Wright, his chances that he had, 
the one v one versus Palmer, the sort of the t- yeah. turn and twist, and he he just sort of got lost under his feet. And you look at the big names that they've lost with Harmer and Jokeres, and you'd look at Coventry now sitting in twentieth place. And I don't think the table necessarily reflects the football that they're playing. I think they've, no. they've, played, they've played okay. They're set up well. They've got some exciting young players, but they are really missing that that clinical touch, which is what we've had in the past as well, and we still do have now. We don't really have a recognised striker, and they're struggling with two strikers that, that they've recruited to try and replace Jokeres. Yeah. But the numbers just aren't reflecting what they brought them in for. Well, I think I think um, what you, you touch on us with the clinical touch there. I think what we've done well to compensate that is spreading the goals around a bit more, especially with Swift's mm. goals this season. Um, I think that's something that Coventry very severely lack. Yeah. Uh, I think all of their goals last season, you know, come from Giocaresh and Hamer. Um, and then I think they've gone they've gone about it the wrong way in terms of they've kind of signed Gyokoresh in aggregate in Sims and Hadji Wright, where they should have maybe, you know, got a decent winger in or a number ten who could score goals mm-hmm. rather than saying to Hadji Wright and Sims, I need you to score, you know, twenty five goals between you, but then I'm not going to start you together. You know, you need someone behind Hadji Wright. You need someone behind Sims, uh, maybe to the right of them, to the left of them, where, you know, they can take the uh, pressure off a little bit. And uh, like I said, I think we've done that well. We've obviously Swift set, uh, stepped up. Um, you've got, um, we're, we're spreading the goals around a bit more. And um, that's that's kind of not cured our problem, but definitely put a plaster on it. Yeah, and I think we touched on this slightly in the last episode where we did say that they've signed very similar profiles in Sims and Roy to the, the two quite big, hefty lads who like the ball into feet to twist and turn across defenders and roll them. But do you, obviously, like you said there, they could have reinvested that Jokeres and Harmon money into different places. That I think that, that that would be my main criticism of their recruitment. But... That's enough on Coventry anyway, because this is an yeah, album. Yeah, Coventry podcast. podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, it could have been a very different game, um, considering some of the uh, incidents that happened throughout. I mean, with the two penalty claims for Coventry, with the, uh, I think it was, uh, was it O'Hare who, who died? Who, I wouldn't say died. died. <laughs> yeah, I think it, um, the handball with Kipre, I would probably say that that was a 50-50. I've, I've seen them given, but then I've seen them not given as well. And then obviously with the BTA, the argument that he was offside. Um, so as I said, it, it could have been a very different game if Hadjarot finished finished his chances and all this. But all if buts and maybe it's the championship, and did the, the, these yeah. things happen every single game? Well, yeah, I mean we we saw it through. Do you know what I mean? I mean it could have gone differently at one nil, um, mm. and we've saw it through, and we've uh, kind of you know we've reshaped a little bit in the second half, brought BTA on. And uh, worked a worked a really good goal um, mm. to make it two nil, and you know that's it's just rewards to me um, because you you get your head down, you get through those you know tough moments, and uh, get that second goal, and you you know you're cruising uh, in a sense. Obviously, two nil is a risky scoreline, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean you're looking at the the penalty claims. You can start with O'Hare, um, who 
you know, he, he fancies himself as a Jack Grealish impersonator, I, I think. I, I think um, it was O'Hare, anyway. I think it was O'Hare. Yeah, it was O'Hare. Um, yeah, it's just uh, coming together. It's just, a, and the referee said exactly that. You could see it on the telly. He was going, yeah, waving his hands. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, those are the, you, it's, there isn't a challenge there to me. Um, I think you can go, it reminds me of the Kipre one, the Kipre penalty against Blues. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't really, there's not a challenge there. So how can it be a foul? Because um, Yukushlu hasn't hasn't gestured towards him. Do you know what I mean? And they're exactly. just kind of running into yeah. each other. And O'Hare's on the deck and, you know, blah, blah. I think you've got a good show with the Kipre one. Like I so, I think it's 50-50. Um, I I think it skims up off the surface towards him. It's going obviously at, at pace. Um, I don't think his arms in an unnatural position, but of course, if it's not there, it goes through and it's a shot on target, but you can't chop your arm off. Can you, do you know what I mean? There's no, people exactly. have got arms. So, uh, I think he, the Kipre handball, I think if, uh, that happens against us, you can, your views are going to be different, aren't they? As such as football, exactly, yeah. but uh, yeah. I think you can. Uh, I think you can understand why the referees not give it for me. Mm. I, I agree as well. Um, the last thing to note, really, on on um, Coventry is the substitution of BTA. I think he done yeah. really well, but when he came on, I think that's one of his best games, and his finish was was brilliant it, it was a proper striker's finish i think he was very confident but when he ran through on goal and it's probably well obviously the, the amazing finishes that, that he done last season his most clinical finish if that makes sense yeah i yeah, think definitely. He, he's really struggled at the start of this season after the start of the season where he got the four goals in four games or something like that i think from then he's really struggled with confidence and I think it was the right decision from Carlos to sort of take him to the bench for this start of this game. But I think we've, we've both seen, and we both said before the start of this, where we could both see that the BTA was the right substitution to make at half-time, just after half-time, yeah. because there was so much space in, in behind for him to make those type of runs that, that, that he likes to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you, well, you saw it with the, uh, the second goal. Um, just well-timed run. Arguably, yeah. of course. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the space was there to be attacked through uh, through the whole game. Really, they was sitting a high. Um, you saw at the end of this end of the first half, they were kind of suffocating the pitch, keeping the ball in our half with their centre halves. So yeah, I mean, it was a a really good substitution. Probably one that you know most people would make, to be honest. Yeah, swapping a striker for a striker, but. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, it was BTA on for Chalaba, wasn't it? I think, and Wallace came out to the wing. Yeah, I think that's where the change, you know, tactically comes in, because we changed from you know kind of like a five three one one that we was playing into that five uh, three four three, and that to me cha- changed the game. Um, really turn the tide in our favour. Um, there's a few moves that BTA was integral to that wouldn't have come off in the first half because we had Wallace up front. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a, it was a really good substitution. Um, I thought BTA, when he came out, was really good. Really, really good. And he, obviously, that finish, 
Um, I'd, I'd stick my neck on the line and say if we gave him more opportunities like that, he would score more goals like that. Obviously, I can you know I can understand the the opinion to the contrary, uh, but I would I'd back him in those situations nine times out of ten. To be honest, I think it's also the opposition as well, isn't it? Because obviously you have someone like Coventry who plays quite a high line of most of the game, but when you play BTA against someone who's like sitting in a, in a low block, he does struggle with ball to feet. He struggles with like yeah. ball retention and stuff like that. So the, these type of games I think is perfect for, but it, again, we have, we'll have to see in the future how, how he does against these, um, in this next run of games. Yeah. Speaking of the next run of games, we've got, um, our next, our next six games are against Hull, Southampton, Ipswich, Cardiff, Leicester and Sunderland, who are all in the top, top eight at the moment. Yeah. yeah. How do you see the, those runner games going? Um, I, I don't know. If we start with Hull, if we start with Hull, as an experience, that I don't. I think you're looking at. You've got to be looking at uh, Hull, Cardiff, and Sunderland as games, as the winnable games for sure. Mm. Obviously, you're looking at Ipswich and Saints, and obviously Leicester a little bit further on. I think. Tough games, real really tough games. But um, I think I think Carlos, what he's really good at is not looking too far ahead. Yeah. Uh, win the next game, win the next game, um, and that's what we we're, we're going to have to do here. I think go into Hall and win the game. That's all it's about. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be tough, uh, but it's make or break. Not make or break. It's too early in the season to say that, but I think you uh, you'll see our intentions. To be honest, in this yeah, run of games, I, I think it will really show us whether playoffs are like a realistic achievement with this season. I think it's yeah. going to really test us to get against some of the best teams in the in the division, and it, it is going to make us realize whether they are a realistic achievements or what our aims are for the season. Obviously our aims for the season are playoffs. That's what Carlos will be telling the lads, but realistically with our squad and with the injuries and stuff, and are we able to compete against the best teams in the, in the division essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, it's the, uh, it's what it comes down to. Isn't it? Uh, when you're at the bottom, the thing you need to do is win against the teams around you. And I think mm. it applies as much to the top as it does the bottom. Um, if you're, you know, you, you win in against the middling teams and the lower teams, but then you can't get any results against, you know, the, the teams that are around you, you're going to get left mm. behind. That's, that's what it'll come down to. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a bit of a shame that they're all together because to be honest, you know, if they're all kind of separated, um, I'd back I, I'd back us in every game um, because I think we're on a good run. Um, it's just that they're in a row, and it's so tough yeah. to get that run going. And you've got a, a, you know you got like five or six really tough games after the, this game, and it's like, um, but yeah, I think we'll we'll see what we're made of. Mm. Well, we've got Hull next um, at home on Saturday and they're in, in quite a similar position as a club to ourselves because they brought in um, Liam Rousson uh, 12 months ago now, 12 months ago today. Um, yeah. when, when he was brought in, they were on the, uh, in a relegation fight per se 
um, yeah. in a really, really bad position as a club, and he's come in 12 months, stabilised them, and he's got them playing really good football, I would say. Quite similar football yeah. to Carlos, quite slow sometimes, but but when it does click with the players that he's wanted to bring into the club, they're playing really good football. Um, yeah. Again, the same type of manager, young manager, he's only 39, I believe, Liam Rosenieri, Carlos is 40, so... Around that same type of age, playing same type of football, and I think it's a really good appointment. He's obviously played for the club as well before, so he knows the the values. I mean, they're sitting in seventh now; they're only below us on goal difference. So, how do you see us attacking that game on Saturday? Um, well, I think, like you say, it's a similar kind of managers. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, when you're at home, I always say when you're at home, I feel like you've got to take the initiative and I would like to see us do that, especially against this Hall team. They've got some good attackers. Um, you look at their defence, I'm not too sure. Obviously, they've been good defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, 16 goals conceded, which is only two more than us. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're, they're there to be got at, to be honest. And... Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting to see how Carlos sets sets up. To be honest, as soon as they deployed a four-two-three-one, it seems like um, yeah, well, I'll be interested to see how Carlos attacks it. To be honest, yeah, I mean, Hull one of the best away sides in the division as well. I mean, they're sitting third overall for their away form with only less less Ipswich which above them. So yeah. we've got a very good home record, obviously, but. Mm. Really looking at sides that are going to come to the Hawthorns and really, really play the game and play for three points. Hull are one of the top sides that are going yeah. to do that. I mean, they went on a run of four games without a win and then they've come back and bounced with two wins against Blues and Preston. Yeah. Which aren't the most impressive sides, but obviously Blues beat us as well and <laughs> we won't get into that one. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they've started the season really well. And obviously yeah. they've got some good attackers, like you say, with Lee and Delap on line from City. Um, he struggled last season with Stoke and Preston, I believe. Yeah, he, yeah. He struggled there, and he's already matched and surpassed his tally, tally from last season. You look at the likes of Aaron Connolly as well. Mm-hmm. I think the main danger man, which um, I was worried about, was Jaden Philogene. Um, yeah. He signed September from Villa for five million. He's he's started the season on fire recently yeah, on fire I've, I've seen today that actually it's been rolled out for saturday yeah which is huge it, to be honest yeah it, it is, is a huge miss for hull and i think he's probably the most exciting player at the moment mm. so for him yeah. to miss in the game is 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 massive for us really yeah i agree um i know uh liam rosini was uh back in you know someone to step up in his absence mm. it's a tough ask with how good he's been, um, yeah, and I mean, he's he's done he's done so well, and I've just realised they've got Scott Twine, haven't they? Yeah, and I think it's because Philogene has been so good. You, you forget, I forgot that he even plays for him, to be honest. Um, but that's another danger, man. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge, it's a big miss for Hall, and a big, it's a big plus for us, to be honest. It's mm. it's a one less threat to think about, really. Um, I saw someone make a good point, though, about um, obviously their reporters kind of saying that 
by Philogene is out. Um, and it kind of gives yeah. us the opportunity to say he's out and we can plan without him in their team. Whereas if, if we hadn't known, you're kind of planning to counter his attacking prowess and, uh, you know, he doesn't start and the, the plan's out the window, isn't it? So. Is that and I, I think our game plan would have been slightly different if Philogene started because I would imagine that Furlong would probably start over him, over Pippa. Mm-hmm. Because he'd like that more defensive player to sort of cover the back three or back two, but whatever he may start. Um, it until Philogene actually turns up on Saturday and then starts against us. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, as you say, I think it gives us gives Carlos a little bit more time to sort of plan and see what he likes to do. I mean, you look at like Aaron Connolly, who's been sitting on the bench the last few games as well. He played really well for Bristol. Rovers last season, I believe, in League One, who was one of the top scorers, if not the top scorer. And yeah. it's a player that I would have liked to see at the Albion as well, in, in my opinion. Um, I think now you look at the likes of Liam Delap, who has sort of benched Aaron Connolly, you look at who can actually come in to, to fill Jaden Philogene in that role, who, who can actually. Re- you can't really replace the, the, that type of player in that system. No, no, that, that productivity. I mean, I'm looking at their squad. I can't really see. I'm not going to lie and say I'm a whole city aficionado, <laughs> um, but I can't. I can't see. They might go uh, for the two up front and go for Delap and Connolly and put Twine out wide. But yes, yeah, I can't see how they're going to fill that gap um, on Saturday. To be honest, it's, it's such a big, big gap as well. I mean. Um, yeah, it's a big plus for us. Uh, you got Ozan Tufan as well. I don't. Mm. He's been playing this season four goals. Or well, he was their, one of their best players last season. I know that for sure. Um, I think you could see him come in. I know he's played on the wing. Um, I think he's played centre mid more often than not. But I know he can play on the mm. wing. He's, um, he's played everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think mean, he's a player of that quality. Yeah, you can. And then one name I'm looking at, uh, Siri John Michael Siri. Ah. Oh. That's brilliant. a good player there. Yeah, That's a good player. player. I mean, I remember Hall signing him. I think was it last season? Yeah, it was last season. And you were like, "What? How? How have Hall signed him? Because they yeah. they weren't very good, was they? The start of last season. No. So uh, I think that's a big, big name. Good player. Um, one that you, we'll have to look out for. Uh, whoever's playing in the middle, we'll have to uh, keep a sharp eye on him. I think. Hmm. I assume that uh, Scott Twine probably be pushed out left because he has played there before for Burnley mm-hmm. and then played on as well. But I was speaking to some Burnley fans because we were actually linked with Scott Twine towards the end yeah. of deadline day as well on loan from Burnley. And I was speaking to a few fans and said that he's just not as effective out wide. But when you look at the squad, I can't mm-hmm. really see anyone else who will play out there apart from Tufan. So no, Carlos, no. Carlos has got a few days now to try and work that out and set up um, accordingly. But I can't see him changing too much now that uh, Jaden Fredegene's out. I assume it'll probably be one similar 11, similar system to what started at Coventry. Um, and again, I think I think the main battle, as it was against Coventry, was in the midfield. I think Carlos looked to sort of overload their two midfielders of Sheaf and... Um, can't remember his name. They had a midfield two, and he looked that looked to sort of overload the midfield two. And you look at um, Hall Heather set up with two DMs, really with Adama Traore and John Michael Seri. Yeah. Will Carlos look to do the same thing again? Will he look to overload the midfield with Chalaba, Mowat, and maybe Malumbi or Yukuslu? Yuk- 
So he's got, he's got a lot to think about before Saturday. Yeah, I think I think when you when you're coming up against a four at the back, I think you could have license to uh, go back to his four with uh, Peters pushing out, um, <clears throat> and uh, like you say, you could put three in the middle, try and uh, you know swarm them a little bit. Um, I think I'd like to see that actually. Um, because obviously we didn't really see it at Coventry, did we? Um, it was no. quite clearly a three at the back. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see um who he plays in the middle mm. because obviously I thought Chalibur was less good and at Coventry than he has been. Uh, not that he was bad, but I think. Moat is the man, as we said last week. Of course, Moat is the man, and uh, Yakushlu looks like he's getting back to his his uh, you know his potential, which we know is absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, so I think I'd like to see Big Yok and Moat put up against Seri and Traore. To be honest, I think Yakushlu was um, so much better against Coventry as it was in, in the past, sort of. What nine ten games? I was yeah. much much more impressed with him. But he put himself a lot, put himself around a lot, and I think his ball retention was slightly better than it has been in terms of keeping the ball and sort of keeping the ball ticking over. Which he has been sort of a passenger in the games he has started recently, sort of losing the ball too easily and in dangerous areas as well. So it was nice to see him sort of back to half of his best. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, one, one of the players I was really impressed with was Pippa. I think he didn't look out of place at all. Um, we'll come into the starting lineup for his first start. Um, mm. he, he really he stretched. He offers something different to Furlong, I would say. He's really stretched the, the, their back line. He, he sort of stayed out wide a lot more than Furlong would because Furlong sort of inverts when he does play on the wing. And I know that obviously it probably wasn't his best performance or his worst performance, but I thought Pippa was quite solid. Yeah, I mean, I was... I think Carlos put it the best in his uh, post-match interview for the club when he said we didn't see what Pippa could bring yeah. because of how we was playing. We was pushed back a little bit more and he had to do a bit more defensively. Um, I thought first off, he felt a bit rusty on the passes and a few wayward ones, which to be hardly surprising when he's been you know warming the bench. It's expect- yeah, it's expected. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm excited about the prospect of him, to be honest. I think, um, especially if you're putting out Phillips on the left as well as Pippa on the right, I think you, you, there's a lot of attacking potential there, especially if you've got the uh, the two wide attackers coming in, as they have done this season. Um, yeah, I think it's, you've got potential for quite a, you know, a, a dangerous attack, personally. I think it's just nice to have sort of options now at fullback because for, for years we was I wouldn't say I wouldn't say stuck, but we were in a bit of a rush with Townsend and Furlong, and I think they've got a bit complacent. So it's nice to have yeah. someone now come in with Matthew Phillips in this sort of rejuvenated role, left wing back, and also Pippa coming in for Furlong. It's given them a bit more to think about and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm not like first choice here anymore. I do have a bit of competition, yeah. and we've seen Furlong improve a lot, in my opinion, in the in the first half of the season. Um, again, with Pippa, though, I think with more game time against sort of different opposition, we'll see um, a lot more of him, a lot more of what he can bring. 
he did say that he was as good defensively as he was offensively, but I don't think that that is true. Um, yeah. I, I think he will be the more offensive option compared to Furlong, who's probably a better defensive option. So, as again, as I, as I said, it's good to have the options. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think you got to give the boy a run of games, to be honest. See, mm. Give him the opportunity to show what he can do. Um, obviously, I think it's uh, game by game, isn't it? It's what re- what's required, and like you say, you're coming up against a winger like Philogene, which we could well have done. Fortunately, we're not. Um, you you look into Furlong. Um, I, I don't think people even comes into you into your thought process to be honest, because uh, like you say, I think he's a. You can tell he's kind of a failed winger type, and you could see him getting caught out a little bit against a, a real tricky and quick winger like Philogene. And uh, you, you, there's a few of them in the championship. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's you know, as as the game calls for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think he, he suits Carlos's system quite well. But when you look at the way that he likes to move the sort of the back three around to push Peters out and stuff, you do need someone on the right wing back position who is competent defensively. And whether that comes with game time, people we don't know. Um, but again, like we'll only know with time. But I think his overall performance was quite solid. I think offensively he was okay, apart from the few wayward passes, a few sort of just hoof hoof balls at the pitch, really. Yeah. Um, but generally, I, th- I thought he was quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope to see more of him. Like I say. Okay, and that's all we have time for for today's episode, Alfie. So. Thank you for sitting here and discussing Coventry and Hull with me. And um, hopefully we'll be talking next week about three more points. Yes. Yes, we will. Keep the faith, mate. Keep the faith. (laughs) Keep the faith. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, mate. And I'll uh, see you next week. See you next week. Cheerio.